Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. All right. So today, guys, we have Nadine Cherry on the podcast. She is a corporate mindfulness leader. Nadine found meditation during a dark time in her life and watched the effect it had on her career and life as she doubled her sales in the same year. It was not a coincidence, and she knew it was because of mindfulness. I'm so excited to learn from Nadine today. Nadine, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you in this way. Yeah, so the thing that really struck me when I met you was that you said, you know, you were in corporate sales and you felt like you had, you know, you'd made a decision on a path and who you were going to be and how you showed up. And then I don't know the road that you took to, you know, realizing that you could be something else or you could take your skill set and you could be in a similar room as the people that you were in that day as a salesperson, but be doing something to serve them or doing something that was more aligned with who you are. And can you walk us just through a little bit of like how you were able to identify that, but then also like how you had the courage to do it? Yeah, totally. So I think we're all born with something that we're naturally pulled toward. And so many of us forget it over time or cover it up, ignore it, push it aside because of what society tells us we should do. Get a job, make money, be a lawyer, be a doctor, go into state, whatever. What our parents project on us, what our surroundings project on us. And that's totally what happened for me. When I was 13 years old, I knew I wanted to be on a stage in front of people speaking in a motivational way. Like who the hell wants to be a motivational speaker? I don't know, but that is what my inner guidance system was telling me. And I told my parents, I'm like, Hey, I want to be a motivational speaker. And they're kind of like, uh, what the hell are we going to do with this kid? And so I went out and got introduced with one of my mom's friends from the gym. She's like, I think I know a guy who does motivational speaking. So I sat down with him She like literally drove me to Starbucks because I was so young. And he's like, so I hear you want to be a motivational speaker. And I'm like, yep, sure do. And he's like, well, what the hell are you going to talk about? You're 15 years old. Go out and get a job. And that was the moment my inner spark, as I call it, started to dim. You know, I was told that I felt like I wasn't capable enough. I wasn't worthy enough. I didn't have enough wisdom or experience. So I followed the path and put on this mask of, well, I'm a salesperson now. And I was good at sales. I enjoyed it, but I knew I was denying a part of me that existed from a long time ago. And I would literally watch YouTube videos of speakers doing their thing. And I would cry. I was like, Oh, I want to do that, but I don't know how. And so my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2008. That was four years into my corporate hustle. 
And thankfully she survived the breast cancer, but it was incredibly traumatic. I hadn't gone through anyone going through cancer before. And after the experience of getting through the surgeries, the doctor's appointments, all of the, you kind of like when somebody in your family or life goes through something like that, you kind of go into this like militant army mode. You just like, boom, 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 you get everything done. And at the end, I was just feeling totally lost, confused and alone. Like what the hell just happened? Oh my gosh. I can't believe my mom, my closest person in my life is just diagnosed with breast cancer. I don't want to miss any more moments because I'm hustling my ass off trying to sell more technology. I want to be present. I want to feel everything because our time is just so limited. So I didn't know what that meant or how it was going to unfold, but I wanted to feel the highs, lows, everything in between from now on. And I happened to be at a conference for work totally still lost, confused in a daze with this woman, a client who just seemed super happy. And I knew she came from kind of, she was living a a challenged life. She's a single mom, two kids living in Houston, Texas. She, um, was incredibly smart and, um, she just had this energy about her, this like super happy energy. And I would have never said this to someone at the time, a client especially, but I was like, Hey, what's up with you? Like, you're so happy. You're so energized. Like, what do you do? How do you get that? Cause that's what I wanted to feel. Cause I was so down and she was like, I meditate. And I was like, you what? She's like, I meditate two times a day. And I was like, uh, that's weird, but cool. Yeah. And then, you know, a week later I was in LA visiting a friend, similar vibe. I was just kind of down and out. And her husband was like, I'm sending you this book on meditation, like totally out of the blue started reading about it and turns out that, you know, all the things that I was longing for this present living, this feeling every moment, because we don't know about what's going to happen in the past and the future. It's already gone in the past, but in the future is totally out of control. Like living here now, like they were talking about that in this meditation book. I was like, dude, sign me up. So I started meditating on my own. Yeah. And, uh, literally listening to YouTube apps and, or videos because there were no apps then. And I started to notice all these changes, right? I was totally feeling, noticing, embracing more. If somebody was walking past me on the street before, I wouldn't have noticed. And now I notice their smile. I notice the clouds. I notice nature. I notice deeper conversations. And the craziest thing of all happened, my, my sales at work doubled, literally. I noticed my performance in the city. my sales of $10 million moved to $20 million just a year in 2008. And my leadership was like, yo, nice job. What are you doing? How did you do that? And I'm like, meditating. And they're like, you're what? Um, that's weird, but keep going. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I did and kept meditating reading more books, meditating daily, attending conferences by myself. You know, nobody was really doing it then. It was kind of like the solo path I was on. And I started reconnecting with that part of me that felt alive in, um, in my passion and what's in my heart. And I wasn't denying that part of me that wanted to be a speaker. And I started to use meditation as the vehicle to speak. And so I rounded up a few people 
in a conference room at my office and I worked at this huge global enterprise and started uh, sharing these practices like guiding them through meditation in the best way I knew how. And people were like, wow, this is what I wanted. I wanted a space to feel like a whole person, to feel seen and to witness what is going on within me. And we all have a lot of shit going on within us. And really given permission to stop and hold space for ourselves instead of absorbing information and reading through social media, what everybody else is doing. And it it started to really uh, resonate with people. And so the community continued to grow. And um, today it's over 900 people. And, uh, you know, what I really did to your point, Lindsay, was I created something in my heart that I knew there was a need for didn't matter that I had a corporate job. It didn't matter that I was on this career path that was well-established. I said, I'm going to do both. I'm not going to deny my heart. I'm going to create something where I know there's a need and um, it doesn't have to be this or that. So that's what I did. And it grew so much that I was able to ultimately leave my sales job um, to pursue this path that felt super aligned, being a motivational speaker, holding workshop services, guiding meditation for other employees who may feel disconnected from their inner spark and their gifts. And so that's what I do now full time. And that company that I worked for ended up hiring me back. So now I get to continue holding that space for that community I created and other communities and other companies and do workshops and things like that. So that's my story, my loves. I mean, I just think that's so inspiring that you, you know, you had to like, you know, I, and I love that it wasn't all or nothing. It's like, you can do both and like, let it just ride and let it be. And then it's so cool that you were invited back and you still in many ways work with the same company, but in a completely different pet capacity. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I do. And it feels much more like me, I feel at home in my body. I feel um, like I'm being truthful with myself. Like I'm speaking from my true self. You know, I spent 18 years as the only woman in a 20 person white male boardrooms presenting proposals, multi-million dollars. I mean, wearing suits and I loved it. I did, but I felt like there was a part of me that was not being honest with myself about my truest gifts where I could make the biggest impact. I knew I could use my voice and my time and my energy to help more people in a way that felt more aligned with me. And so um, I think that when we hold space, I believe through meditation to honor that part of ourselves and really give it space to breathe and come out and let ideas form and inspiration move us forward. Um, that's when we're doing our best work. That's when we're able to really make the biggest impact and provide the most aligned service for what people actually need. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As you were saying that, I was just thinking like, 
you know, I'm sure like obviously industries have their like industry specific things, but in the industries, like in the industry I'm in, like where hairstylists are absorbing other people's energy. I think so many of us, you know, like you're, you're taught the, the skill, you're not taught how to handle hearing people's like heaviest, most emotional things. And, you know, there's people that, you know, like I remember being in hair school and someone telling me, you're the first person I'm telling I'm getting divorced. And like, yeah. I wasn't equipped for it. And I didn't, um, and I, and so I just absorbed it and showed up the best way I knew how. And obviously as 16 years later, I know how to handle things much differently now, but what can meditation do for, you know, like service providers in particular yeah. around like what they're absorbing and how they're maybe taking things on subconsciously. Cause I know I was for so many years. Yes. Wow. It is so much energetic buildup that you accumulate that is stored without you even realizing it in your body and in your mind mm -hmm. simply by doing your job. I agree there's a completely different aspect that should be taught when you're going through styling school about how to be present and not necessarily absorb some of the energy and stories and negative, you know, words that come through and, and um, it's heavy. It can get really heavy. And yeah. so just like styling, everybody is carrying and holding energetic weight that is holding them back and feels heavy. And so what meditation does first allows us to sit with what is. So we notice what is present within us without judging it. We notice it in a tender, loving way. We hold space for it. So it might be, you know, a heaviness. It might be a sadness. It might be a fear. And we first acknowledge it because if we don't, then we'll just keep going through life and taking on more and distracting ourselves with social media, keeping busy throughout our days without even acknowledging how much we're actually carrying. And so meditation gives us the opportunity to truly witness what's going on within us without having to fix change or solve any problems. We're really just honoring ourselves in a loving, tender way by witnessing what we've been carrying. That's first. So yeah. we notice what's going on within us. And the second thing is when we notice it, we are able to make more informed decisions about what we wish to hang on to. And what is prime for us to let go of? And so during my meditations, I offer people the opportunity to understand, ah, I feel a tightness in the body that's being stored around my heart. Or, man, I didn't realize that I've been clenching my jaw or my stomach and I'm carrying this potentially energetic heaviness or emotional heaviness in the body. And so breathing into that and allowing it to move through us. So we get up off the cushion or off the chair or whatever and move forward into life in a lighter space. We're able to release and really let go of what's been weighing us down through our thoughts.
And then when we do that, when we're able to um, release that through practices I teach, such as, um, you know, their visualization meditations, there's mantra, which is um, an instrument or tool that we can use to reconnect to our intention. When we're able to release that, that we've been carrying around those thoughts and heavy feelings, emotions, and whatever it is, we're able to be make room for us. We're able to reconnect to that inner spark, our heart space, our intention, our vision, our value, our voice, the things that we care about, right? We make more space instead of sitting and ruminating and thinking so much about all the different judgments of what we're feeling and holding. All of that is let go. Yeah. And I, so, just, I just yeah. had like an aha moment as you were talking. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like, I was just thinking about how for years I was so full of other people that there was like no room for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's this subconscious absorbing that we all do and making room to free up space, right? Um, so that you're able to stay connected to your true self. It's not that you are not able to hold space for these people because let's face it, it is part of the job, but it doesn't saturate into your heart, right? You're able to just allow, allow yourself in that moment with that client, a container for them to, for them to release. It's kind of like their meditation, right? They're just like letting it all go. Um, but it doesn't mean you let it into your heart. It means you're just giving them that space. And so I believe by Silas or anyone in a similar role practicing meditation, um, it actually will help you in your job, right? Because you have more emotional, um, availability. You have more self-awareness around you, um, what's coming in, what you're allowing in and what you're just allowing to kind of bounce right off of you. Um, you're holding space for these clients just as you do for yourself in a tender, loving way without becoming attached to their story, without needing to fix or solve a problem. You're just creating that container. You're holding space for them just as you would for yourself. Yeah. And I love that because I know that like most people do this work because they love that component of it, but it can sometimes swallow you up and spit you out Mm. because you weren't doing it in a conscious way or you weren't doing it in a way that inevitably ended up feeling good for you. Because in the moment, I think that we all really like that part of our job. It's like so sacred and special, but it's like without that awareness, like component you speak of, it can be the thing that like takes us all down. Yeah, it really can. It, it and, and what it does is it drains you of your energy. It's exhausting. It's yes. exhausting. So what I, what the practice of meditation, how, how I teach it is, like I said, um, it's allowing for what is present with a loose grip. It is an unclinging. It is a noticing when we're clinging. And you can imagine loosening the grip, allowing your 
your hand open and really just allowing it to float away, to release from your body, from your heart, from your mind. Um, so that when you are doing your job, you're able to do your job without being consumed or, or drained of your energy. Um, because like, I can imagine if you have like five or six clients in a day, I, I it blows me away. Your, your work truly. Yeah. I, I, I can't even, every time I go to the hair salon, I'm just like, I, I don't know how you all do it. It's so, it's so intensive. I mean, between what you're physically creating and, and what you're holding space for. But, um, if you have like five or six clients in a day, you know, by the end of the day, having to hold space for that many people, the difference between, you know, being attached to every story, every single word that comes out of their mouths and just being able to, with a loose grip, hold space for them feels lighter. It feels like, yeah. mm -hmm. Well, even as you were talking, I was thinking about how I think that we don't realize how overwhelmed we are. So we have a really tight grip on the conversation or the person or we're like, she's going to come in. She's going to say this, this is going to happen. And we start to kind of control the, the interaction mm. because we can kind of sometimes know, like sometimes people are con- so consistent with how they show up that you end up mm. not, not doing what is the best thing to do, which is just like, let the cards fall. And if someone goes nuts, like let them go nuts. But sometimes I think we get into like controlling the uh, interaction and that takes even more energy and just kind of becomes this like unhealthy thing that I love what you're saying. And I think so much of like my ability to fall back in love with doing what I do again is, is kind of being able to hold all the relationships and everything in just like a looser way. And to just, like you said, hold space versus like, there was a time where I'd be like, well, why don't we get your, why don't we get your estranged son-in-law on the phone and let's contact him and let's just share. And it's like, Whoa, like this is not, and that's an exaggeration, but you get the gist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can understand how that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like, you want to like have the discomfort of the moment go away. It's just like, you're, and you, you're, your heart's in the right place, but also you kind of are like so uncomfortable in the moment that you kind of, instead of checking back in with yourself, you're trying to like easy button out of a hard situation. So you're like, let's just, I'm just going to fix it for her. Let me just, who do I need to talk to? And it's just, it's just such a different, healthy way to think about things like letting what's coming, come and go, what goes and holding that space. I think hairstyles in general would be really like would really benefit from everything you're saying. Yeah. So when you said controlling the situation and really anticipating what someone is going to say and do when they sit down in your chair. So the practice of meditation is being in the moment, right? It's it's intentionally focusing your awareness on what is unfolding from moment to moment to moment and surrendering to whatever happens and knowing that anything can happen. And that is the practice, whether you anchor your attention on observing the breath or sensations in the body. And in this non-judgmental way, you become 
present, so present in the moment that you really begin to trust what is real in the moment and trust whatever is going to unfold in the next moment, because you know that the future is out of your control. And so in that way, you're really opening up to anything. And instead of future scheming on a negative outcome, you're more anchored into the now and that's where your attention and energy lie. So you become more aware of when you notice yourself going to that place of, well, this is what's going to happen and she's going to say this and it's going to make me feel like shit. Instead, you're just like, ah, I wonder how she's going to show up today. And then when you do that and you're in that space of anything is possible, I'm going to just come back to the moment, come back to the moment. Ah, awareness without judgment. I'm in the future. I come back to the moment and they just sit and then share. You're pleasantly surprised that sometimes it's a different narrative. It's a different conversation or you're able to direct the conversation in a different way um, without becoming so attached to it. Again, it's this loose grip. It's the loose grip with the feeling obligated to solve or fix a problem. Your job is to provide a service. In this case, cut hair and do it really well. Color hair, do it really well. It's not to solve their life's problems. And in fact, I would say that the people sitting in the chair are wanting wanting you for the same reason that we want to meditate, right? It's just for someone to hold space for them to get it all out. And they would probably do well with meditation themselves. So even telling them about the practice that you're trying um, would be good. Yeah, because clients do come in. They're always like, what are you into? What are you doing? Like, I learn something every time I come here. So I think that's another really good point of like, being in the moment, but also like people do want to learn. And like, I don't think anyone comes in wanting to dump on people. It's just sometimes it can, if you don't have the right, you know, inner world, it can feel like that when that's not the intention. So I love what you're saying. Cause I've, I feel like my clients, they're all like, like you're getting ready to do like, um, is it 11 days of meditation? I'm going to sign up. Yeah, cool. It's 12 days of connection 12 days of connection because we all just want to reconnect in this way like we're describing with ourselves with each other with our hearts and 12 days of connection is about just giving ourselves it's only 12 minutes of peace and I'm holding the space for anyone who wants to join in December 12 days only 12 minutes long it is on Zoom and there will be recordings as well, but it is this invitation that I'm describing of creating a new practice, creating a new mindset, building into awareness and reconnecting to yourself so that you're able to hold space for your clients. So it's on Eventbrite and I have a lot of information on my Instagram at Nadine Cherry. You can find me there doing all kinds of crazy shit, dance parties and daily mantras and mindfulness. And, but the link is there. And so 
yeah, this is a perfect introduction for a short period of time just to establish that new practice of reconnecting with yourself um, and, and shifting into the present moment. I love that. My, my final question, because I just thought of it, is mm-hmm. how often do you find with the, with the companies you work with, how often do you find that people need more training on their skill versus more like internal work? Because I find with hairstyles in general, it's like they they know how to do what they do, but it's like, how can they do it in a sustainable way that doesn't like make them want to switch careers? And I just, I love what you're doing. And I'd just be curious to know, like if you had like a percentage or if there was like a feeling you got around, like how much people need to like be investing in themselves versus like the actual skill of what they do. Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's yeah. both, you know, um, I'm often speaking at conferences where there's a technical skill set track and then a professional development skill set track and I fall in professional development, right? So yeah, I think that it I think both are required. The looking yeah. within, I think is the first step. Looking within, noticing through meditation, what is holding us back? Um, as you know, working with our shared business coach, Gina, I mean, the first step in launching my new business was taking a look at those limiting beliefs that I'm not worthy, that I'm not experienced enough. It was so funny. Our first session, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm worthy of presenting to so many different employees about how to meditate and why it's important to reconnect to your inner spark. And Gina's like, well, Nadine, why don't you write down a list of every single engagement you've had speaking to other companies? And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. She's like, just do it. So I did. And turns out, I mean, there was close to a hundred different engagements, large and small that I did. And it finally made me feel worthy. So really exploring our limiting beliefs and looking within, getting honest with ourselves about where we could use some extra loving attention. And that is the first step before we really master our technical skills. So believing we're worthy, believing we're capable, and that's when our best work comes forward. I love that. So where can people find you? I know you you mentioned that you have information about your upcoming um, 12 days of connection, but where can people find you that want to work with you or have you come to their business and train their people? Where yeah, you- absolutely. I would love to hang out with everybody and check out your company and work with you and just connect in general. Say what's up. I'm on Instagram primarily and TikTok. And email. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Nadine Cherry. It's N-A-D-E-N-E Cherry, like the fruit, all one word. And you can email me, Nadine at NadineCherry.com just to say what's up. I'd love to hear from you. Um, And thank you, Lindsay, so much for having me. I appreciate these thoughtful questions. I love the platform you're creating. And I can't wait to tune into future episodes.